Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast. This is episode 48. And just to throw everybody off, I am Sam, I'm here, but this week I'm joined by a very special guest host who's flown in specially to cover, it's my friend Stefan! Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good mate, Uh, welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, you have done one before with me some time ago, you're like the super sub that comes in at the last minute. I am the Jermaine Defoe, yeah it's fine. (laughs) Well you're going to get caught offside constantly. Yeah, but I'll score every now and again off the bench. So it's yeah, fine. love, love the foe, to be honest with you. He did get caught offside a lot, which was kind of like one of those, uh, he'll score, he'll be fine, I roll, I roll, but then he barreled one in. And he also did that amazing thing, and whenever he played us, he made it look like he was trying really hard, but would hit the post and stuff. He, he didn't want to score. No, it was a good lad, good lad. Yeah, yeah, good lad. Um, but yeah, uh, Matt's away this week, he's on a top secret mission for Spurs News, hashtag... Team Vicky, he knows, and those who know, know. Uh, but yeah, Stefan's in. We're going to have a chat about all things Tottenham. We're going to talk very, very briefly about the insanity of the Bournemouth game. Uh, and then we're just going to move on to the various questions and things from our Facebook page and our Instagram post. Uh, I put that out there for the podcast, basically just saying, hey, get in touch, anything you want to hear discussed. So we're going to do that. But let's start with that Bournemouth game then, my friend. Have you ever witnessed anything quite so weird? It was just, yeah, that was bizarre. Sonny, the most like calm, yeah. happiest person you've ever happy, imagined. Yeah, Straight the happiest, red card. happiest football player on the planet snaps. It was, it was weird. I, there I mean, must I, be more to it that we didn't see. There must have been something said. Something has happened because Sonny does not react like that. Well, yeah, it certainly seemed very out of character, and we, we've seen him be, you know, racially abused by West Ham fans, and then he smacks one in from 30, 40 yards and just tells them to shush. That, that's and how then, he normally reacts, yeah, he yeah. reacts in performance with his feet, yeah. never never like that I've ever seen. No, no, I, well, I've certainly not seen that before from him, um, whether it past clubs has happened before, I don't know. Pochettino in his press conference yesterday kind of made it very clear he's told him how unacceptable it was and it is you know you can't react like that regardless I've seen lots of replays where this guy was needling him constantly you know little elbows you just can't do it no he gets that every match though surely he's used to this if you're a star player you get star treatment star treatment is a little kick on the heels a little elbow in the ribs (laughs) that's the star treatment is this the Stefan school for defenders I mean, I used to be a striker, and that's what I used to get ah, done to right. me, so well, that's what I'm going with. Well, I'm, I'm a rugby lad, so basically whenever I played football, I was a central defender, and yeah, that is the star treatment. Yes, yeah. yeah. their best player gets kicked the most. And I'd stand on their feet at corners, so if they tried to jump, I'd be stood on their toes. Exactly, so Sonny should be when, used to this. When they went down injured, I'd help them up by basically yanking between their arms. Yeah, I was a, I was a nice guy, I yep. was just such a charming lad. But yeah, what the thing that came to my mind watching that game, and, and I said it afterwards on Twitter, and a few people agreed, sort of resonated, and I couldn't. Sometimes it's better to walk away rather than reacting in the heat of the moment. Yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by this. I I do think for all the times I've defended the squad, you know, I don't believe the bottler's tag is a thing. I think the bottle thing 
to bottle something, you have to have it. So you're 2-0 up, you lose 3-2, you, yep. you've thrown that away. You're top of the league by 10 points, you then lose every game and someone overtakes you, you've bottled it. You know, there, yeah. there's certain things you can look at that and go, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, For guaranteeing us, yourself almost, like put yourself in the driving range for getting Champions League and then, oops, accidentally yeah. finishing outside the top four. That's, that's a bottle job. Yeah, that, there you go. That is a perfect example. Well done. That is a perfect yeah. example. Now, at the moment, we can all look at the squad and go, yeah, there is definite fatigue. They they look like a squad of players who didn't get a preseason really because they were all still at the World Cup. All of the, our best players were and went to the final weeks of the World Cup. Yep. Um, they look like a squad that's had injury problems throughout. So some players that haven't been rotated, they've had to play constantly. Yep. Um, I think someone shared a really interesting piece about Christian Eriksen and the minutes he's had on the pitch for Tottenham this season and the distance he's covered. It's literally, if he has been fit, he has played. There's oh, not been any break for yeah. Him. yeah, there has been no break for him at all. And he's played like every minute he possibly can. And you do a comparison with um, Man City, Liverpool and their midfielders. He's not just top of that in terms of minutes played, distance covered. He is top of it by some massive margin to the point that the two closest to him put together only just beats him, if that makes sense. Absolutely crazy, isn't it? When you look at the two top clubs in the Premier League this season, their ability to rotate players, their ability to to you know move players around and keep them as fresh as possible that's where we need to get you know we need yeah. to get to the point where we've got options that can come from the bench and from within the squad and a lot of people could look at it and go well the squad on paper is solid and that is true um Wanyama for example was a great defensive midfielder I'm not sure he still is, but that's because he's not played much. And that's the point. He has not played much. He's had a lot of injuries. He had big injuries, didn't he? And then he's just kind of come back slowly, very slowly. Very slowly. But if you look at the last two seasons, I don't think he's made 10 Premier League appearances. Well, starts, anyway. I think he may have made that from the bench. But it just just off the top of my head, I've not looked at this, but the last two years, definitely. Now, and you think before got... that, it was him and Dembele who were like the absolute rock of our midfield. Yeah, and you look at the fact that Dembele had reached a point before he left that you know he couldn't play more than two games. He couldn't play two in a week. You've got Danny Rose now, who seems to struggle doing it. You know, he's done it more towards the end of the season, but at the same time, I think his performances are like famine or feast at the moment with Danny, and I think that's down to fatigue and injuries. Yeah, he's he, either he's the best like, player on the pitch, or come on, or, get him or, off. Yeah, or looks a yeah, he looks a yard off the pace. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I mean, we could dissect that the bits. But the Bournemouth thing, um, the Sunny incident, what I said was, like I said, not bottling it, but I think there is definitely now we can say a mentality issue where I feel like when the pressure comes on, like they went into that game, go out and win, and if you win, we're top four secured. And it looked like the pressure had got to them. You know, Sonny's reaction, the way the players just looked tense. Um, yeah, it, it was almost as if they were playing the last game of the season already. Well, it was like they were playing the the kind of cup foot, knockout football, the kind yeah. of really, really tense, we have to win this, we have to win this, which uh, Pochettino probably sent them out saying to them, look, you've got to win this because if we want to advance in the Champions League or if we as a club want to develop, we have got to nail on Champions League. I mean, my favourite theory is the fact that leading up to the game, Pocket talked about this summer is going to be like a really 
painful transition for the squad. So basically, he's admitting there's a lot of players there that he likes, but he's going to have to move on. Yep. So the the conspiracy is a lot of the players went, oh, sod that. <laughs> we're not we're not showing up. <laughs> yeah, we'll finish fifth. We're good. We want to stay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope not. But <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't. I don't think so. It just made me laugh. But the um, yeah, I do think there is definitely a mentality thing, and I do think the only way to address that is going to be to freshen things up, you inject new blood into the squad, new people come in, move some of the people who have gotten comfortable out. Um, you know, Lamella. I'm a massive fan of his. He's not the player I thought we signed when we signed him. But, you know, you put him in a derby game against Arsenal, he gets it. You know, he gets stuck in constantly. He's a player that I like. But at the same time, his injury record means his squad plays. We are constantly not having him as an option. It would be much better that his squad plays is taken by a player who is going to be available. Even if you sign someone of the same level, but is available, that's an improvement. I've had a lot of arguments about Eric Lamella because I absolutely love the bloke. But yeah. he has now got to a stage where as long as he doesn't go to a premiership team, so I haven't got to watch him in someone else's kit every week, <laughs> um, then, yeah, his place now is... He's never going to get above a Lucas Moura, a Sonny, Ericsson and Delhi as like those attacking four players behind yeah. Kane. He's not going to beat them to it now. No. And, um, and we need... We need to sign somebody, or we need to at least have options there that can be relied upon. And so, can challenge those guys. And can definitely make a difference, yeah. Now, um, obviously we're going to talk about stuff like that, but yeah, uh, final thoughts on the Bournemouth thing. I mean, we lost the game. It was a, just such a ridiculous, down to nine men. I mean, I laughed. I, I just laughed at it, like, what the hell? This is so, we hardly ever get a player sent off, and then we've had two in one game. That's the end. I mean, we were messaging each other during the game. We couldn't believe yeah. what's going on. And I mean, Foyth is another. I love Foyth. I think Foyth yeah, is absolute yeah. raw talent. But the problem yeah. is, he's slightly too raw still. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Personally, definitely. I would love to see him in the Championship next season, playing ninety minutes every week for a team, getting beaten up and roughing up a bit because we know the Championship's a bit more physical. <laughs> But to rough him up and kind of take away that raw edge, giving him 90 minutes every week. My God, you sound like Tim Sherwood. Oh, don't. Need need to get him down there, get a few kicks on the lad. That'll man him up. That'll man him up. I I, I mean, the kids come from Argentina. Have you ever watched Argentinian club football? I mean, there's some fairly brutal ones, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I... That challenge, I've seen that from the most experienced defenders in the world, where they lose the ball and then they just lunge to get it back, and it's like a complete moment of, oh no, you know, because if he if he manages to lunge and gets the ball, all he does is just kicks the ball out of play. No one, you know, that's it. But because his foot's in the air, the minute that touches the player, it's a red. It's just, yeah, you know... It's a guaranteed red card, on yeah, There's no and, arguing for it. No, no, there's not at all. But, I mean, we, we see players make mistakes all the time. The, the main thing is learning. And I think in situations like that, if that kid can take that experience on and now go, right, you know, I've got to do that. Because one of the things that happened earlier in the season is he gave away those two penalties. I'm still very much of the opinion against Wolves away. I'm still very much of the opinion that he wasn't fully to blame for being in the situations he was in, but he was naive to, you know, make any contact in the box, you know, just very naive. Watched him play a few times at right back recently 
And I've actually been impressed with how he's been staying on his feet compared to when he first arrived in terms of just making the judgment better. And perhaps that's because of that experience early in the scene, which would have been horrible for him. Oh, yeah, that would have been awful as a new player, kind yeah. of like, yeah, I'm making an impact. Ah, oh, I've given away yeah. two penalties. Yeah, exactly. And he was having a great game up to that point. Everyone was kind of praising him. Uh, he's coolness personified on the ball. He likes to play. Um, the, our manager is a manager who will always back someone who likes to play. Yeah. You know, if they make a mistake, it's fine. I mean, it's why he likes Eric Dyer so much. As, as fans, we see Dyer every game will misplace a pass that leads to an attack. And every game we go, why does he still do that? And it's because he's encouraged to always look up and try and pass it forward. Mm-hmm. When it works, brilliant. When it doesn't, oh my word. See, I'm, I feel like I'm one of the few big fans of Eric Dyer out there. Well, this season's been difficult. And I, I hope enough fans can be appreciative of how difficult it is for him. Coming from the World Cup, then, I mean, he was really ill. You know, yeah, he, really ill. He's had a couple of dodgy... He had, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, he had to have his appendix out, um, and you know, appendicitis is no joke. He tried to rush back from that, and uh, anyone who's ever had an injury or illness, you try and rush back, you, you know, something else happens, something else, something else, something else. Um, and he's just had a really rough go of it. And when he's played recently, he just looks like a guy who showed up for pre, you know, showed up for preseason training after you know not doing anything for a few weeks, and yeah, he he needs a bit of a break. Let his body have a break, and he needs a preseason. And hopefully next season we can see a back better. to his best. Yeah, yeah, because when he's at his best, what a lot of people don't see him do is he allows our fullbacks and our midfielders to play because yep. his positioning. What he did for us, when we had Rose and Walker, and we were, they were just bombing up and down constantly a few seasons back, they were allowed to do that because any time one of them went, all Eric Dyer would do is just go to right back, go to left back. And it was massively overlooked by everybody because, of course, the focus, quite rightly, is on the attacking play, what's happening the other end. Yeah. But those guys can't do that if they can't rely on the fact that if they've lost the ball, Eric's there. I remember... It was a few seasons ago because we did still have uh, Walker and uh, Rose. But I was at a game and I remember watching, and he does, as soon as one of the fullbacks was running forward, instead of joining and going up like everyone else was, Eric Dyer was the player that was kind of going, oh, right, okay, I'll just move across that side of the pitch then. Oh, Danny Rose has gone, I'll go over this side then. And he just filled the gap in so perfectly well, which I'm hoping next season we're going to see that a bit more. I think so. I I think we we've sort of changed between a uh, back three with wing backs. We've done a few things. We've tried to change a few things because the other thing that he does allow is that kind of fluidity of where you can just slot into a back three if need be, yeah, and then step up in the midfield if need be. And that threw a few teams when he was at his best. That would throw a few teams that he would just allow us to just seamlessly change formation in a game. Out of nowhere, you know, we didn't have to make a sub. He just, you know, he just changed it. So interesting if he can get back fully fit. Interesting. I, I hope fans are a bit more uh, patient with him. They can sort of look at the illness, etc., and just go, you know, he's had a bad year. But so have a lot of people. Um, but yeah, Bournemouth game. Then that's just not that on the head. That was just a really strange game. One I said weeks. after. The, yeah, I said afterwards. Oh damn it! We've now got to get a result against Everton. There's no way in hell the results are going to go our way again. 
<laughs> and then I sat in absolute amazement as the Sir Chris Hutton, as far as I'm concerned, or Lord Chris Hutton, as far as I'm concerned, took his Brighton team and did a job on Arsenal. Got the got, you know took a point from them, and it basically means now that we go into the last game of the season. We have secured top four unless there is an eight-goal swing in Arsenal's favour. Now, I was feeling really cocky about that. Mm-hmm. Right up to the point that some smartass, and if you're listening, you know it was you, pointed out to me that in 2016... We lost exactly 5-1 to Newcastle. And they won 4-0. So yep. it is exactly what happened. <laughs> it's like, really? I'd forgotten that. I had literally repressed that memory thrown it away I remember Never that th- match because no. my mum was a Newcastle fan and I was just sat watching what? Football Focus or whatever I was watching yeah. and the scores coming in and just watching this scoreline going up and going up and just sitting there going oh, oh no no I just I, I can't handle that again please Tottenham I I think that would break me I do genuinely believe if if there was an eight goal swing at the final day of the season, I I think that might be it. That might be the snapping point. Yeah, <laughs> that, I am done now. Football yeah, that, does not exist. I'm yeah, out. that that could be what finally pushes me over the edge. But I, um, I don't want yeah. Tottenham to be the reason that I have to go and support my local team. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want Tottenham to be the reason that my daughter visits a thing that says "Here lies Sam." Tottenham killed him. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I. So yeah, I mean that's that. We got Everton. This is Sunday. Sunday is always a fun one because it's the final game of the season. Every game kicks off at three o'clock. They're all on the Sunday. Uh, the televised games, of course, are focusing on the title. So Man City, I think, have got Brighton, and I think Liverpool have got Wolves. Um, it's be two good games anyway. Well, they should be. I mean, Brighton are just going to go for it, aren't they? I mean, it's just a complete free hit. Let's have some fun. Yep. Um, And I think Wolves will as well. You know, the the lights are on them. Let's let's have a a crack at it. And Wolves Wolves can still become the best of the rest, can't they? The top, like seventh place, best of the Um, rest. Honestly, I think they already have. I think I think win, lose, or draw, they have. I think someone said the other day that Everton don't have that to play for now because Ah, it's done. Which is nice. Uh, I mean, Everton are going to come to our new stadium. We we smacked them 5-2 at Goodison, so they're just going to want to stick one on us, really. Um, I, I'm i dreading it. It's so ridiculous. In my head, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way we're going to get absolutely hammered. But there's just this one little voice, and it's like this nagging voice. So It's got like Christian Gross's accent, and it's just like, you know, could happen. <laughs> you know um, it's yeah, happened before yeah, yeah it has happened before so I, I can't wait for Sunday to be done dusted you know just out of the way uh, we've got a chance of getting third uh, which I yep. think is got to be a motivation for the players because finishing third top club in London again um, it's got to be something to kick on with uh, I mean Chelsea I think I can't think of Chelsea have got now but I know it's not a given they're, they're away uh, Leicester, I think. Is it Leicester? No, or they already played Leicester. Oh, I couldn't tell you. I'm going to look yes, it up. Uh, you look it up whilst I waffle. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I am an eternal optimist, so therefore I fully believe Yeah, we can get third place. Well, we need to win the game. I mean, we win the game and we've done everything we possibly can. Finishing third in a season where we've had just so much upheaval... Um, after the two years, I mean, it's two seasons really since White Hart Lane went, 
we had to go to Wembley. Then this season was a mix and match. Um, the the squads looks <laughs> dead on their feet. So yeah, I mean, beat Everton. I think we we can finish the season with our heads held high. Oh yeah, and you were right. Chelsea are away to Leicester. See, Leicester are a good side. I mean, they're they, not they, given at all. Not no, at all. I mean, what was it? We played them on the last game of the season last year. It finished like five four. It was nuts at Wembley. Um, so yeah, go on Leicester. That's all I got to say on this particular occasion. Give it the give it to Chelsea. Hopefully, we can beat Everton, finish third. And we can all sort of take a deep breath and maybe all sit in a dark room and cry. But of course... Just get this season it, out of our system. Just like, oh. it, it might, weirdly, it might not be the end of our season. Because as we record this, uh, roughly 2.30 on the 8th of May, a Wednesday, as the opening credits to this podcast suggests, we do actually have a game tonight. Um, in case you didn't know, mate, we've made the Champions League semi-final. I'd heard a rumour about this. Yes, yes. Um, uh, something about playing on Tuesday and Wednesday nights being much better than Thursday nights, I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a whole song. Um, yeah. Uh, I At the start of this season, if someone said you'll be playing in the Champions League semi-final, I'd have been surprised at that. If yep. someone had told me that in December when we were minutes from being eliminated from the Champions League in the group with like one point, I'd have laughed my ass off. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm just wishing I'd put money on it at that point. Uh, anyone who did, by the way, Nostradamus on you. Uh, I we, We've got a great chance tonight if we've still got the legs, in my opinion. What, what about you? What do you think? Going to Amsterdam, I know we're 1-0 down. We're going to win 2-1. Sonny <laughs> is going to get the winning goal. Yeah. Uh, they are going to score first. They're going to get very excited because they've got the two-goal advantage. They're going to think, yeah, yeah we're through. Yeah. Half-time, Poch is going to absolutely rip the team a new one and we're going to come out and score two second-half goals. Okay. Are you, are you going to put money on that? Now no, you said I it, never, you I never, ever bet on a Spurs game. I have never yeah. bet on a Spurs game. I never will. Yeah, I wish I'd put money idea. on the match last night because... The result came in that I was going to bet on, but you you actually thought Liverpool could do that. I I thought at two hundred and thirty to one that four nil was a good chance to bet. Really, is that what the odds it were? It was absolutely ridiculous. Like it was something insane. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably. I think it, it was no. It was a hundred and something to one for them to win, and two hundred and thirty for an all England all English final. Ah, right, an all English final. Okay, well, and I mean, I was tempted at the hundred and forty or to one or whatever I saw. I was tempted to whack a tenner on that. Yeah, I think back in <laughs> Liverpool, the four 0 win over Barcelona would have been. I mean, I never saw that result coming at all. Uh, I um the Ajax game then. I yeah, we have all the ability to go there and beat them. I know yep. we have. We have been We've better fought. in away games, and they have been better in away games. Now the fact they yeah. only won one nil gives us every chance in the world. I, I genuinely believe that. My only bugbear is the fact I do look at the squad and think they just look dead. And that's that's my only worry, is the fact that we look like we've completely run our race and we are literally falling over the finish line, not, you know... I agree with not, you. Not a sprint finish. <laughs> I do agree. However, if you look at our performances since the second half of the group stage... Yeah. Every game we've played in the Champions League has looked like an entirely different squad compared to our Premier League games. I mean, you look at the Dortmund games. That game was pure passion. 
we weren't looking wonderful in the Premier League at that you know we were winning yeah. games but not looking great we were playing in Dortmund and we won played at home we won looked like a completely different squad and I think that's going to happen tonight the I occasion and everything they're just going to play with heart more than leg and it's going to work see I thought Matt was positive on here you're like seriously you are so positive like Father Christmas on Prozac I, I tell you I just believe I believe I'm still you know I've only had a certain amount of heartbreak come from Tottenham in my young years, so oh, that's I haven't true. been you quite are, you broken are, as much yeah, as you yeah, experienced you, fans. Yeah, you're you're younger than me and Matt. I forget that. Yeah, we we've had that extra few years of. Hey, look, we're gonna. No, we're not. <laughs> we're about to win something, and it's gone. Okay. Um, this is I, the year we're gonna do well. We almost. Yeah. Yeah. I think at one point, um, me and my friend, uh, when I was at school, there was literally one other Tottenham fan, which is just hilarious now. My daughter goes to school with like 90% of Spurs fans, which I find nuts. Happy days, happy days. Well, well, thank you, Harry Kane, to be honest with you. Yeah, pretty much. Him and Deli <laughs> um, Alley have done as well. Yeah, for the kids as idols. Uh, but yeah, me and him, we used to say to each other next year, next year be our year. It got to the point where it's like, I'm going to have that tattooed on me, I think. Next season's our year. Um but I had a, a Gooner friend, and basically we have this running bet, and we've done it since we were like 13, 14. Uh, she, every year, would say, are you sure you want to do this? And I'd be like, yep, yep, this year's our year. We've just signed Algeria's finest in Moussa Saeed. We're going to kick your ass. Who's this Burkamp bloke you've signed? Mark Overmars? Pfft, whatever. And the bet was who would finish higher in the league. Yeah. So from the age of about 13 until, what, three years ago? I was doing a forfeit at the end of every season and that forfeit would vary from her taking over my Facebook for a day where she would post every status about how much I love Arsenal and stuff like that. Oh God. Yeah, I know. Um, all the way to having to wear, um, uh, again, I was in sixth form for this one. I had to wear an Arsenal shirt to school photo for sports. Oh, um, uh, mate, it's uh, awful things, awful things. And, uh, a few years ago, she um, she was got married, and I had to be in the wedding photo with an Arsenal scarf. Oh, just just disgusting. But the last few seasons, of course. I hope you've got revenge, and I hope you've got it oh, proper. Oh my friend, the, I I have been what can only be described as pure evil to her, and good. I've loved every minute of it. And this year, you know, providing the the, the lords of football are not totally cruel to me. I actually need some ideas. So, podcast fans. Now, this is actually a friend of mine. A, a girl who is my friend. So, don't be like, okay, you got to have a tattoo on your forehead. You know, stuff like that won't happen. But if you can think of a forfeit for a gooner that is suitable and will be a little bit painful, uh, let me know. Get in touch. Um, drop I, me a I message mean, on the Facebook anything. page. If anything, you should just make her come to our fantastic stadium, which is a million times better than theirs, in a full Spurs kit, to watch us play a game so much better with an atmosphere. I mean, Actually, she'd be probably very confused at why people so, are chanting at a football match because she won't be used to it. But so, so not just bring her to the stadium, but actually not just make her wear the shirt, but make her go full kit as well. Full kit to a match. <laughs> To be to be honest with you, she's lovely. She's only a year younger than me, but she's quite short. If I walked in with her as a full kit, people would think she's the mascot. Uh, even better, sign her up to be a mascot. 
Oh no, no, what? <laughs> no, I couldn't do that. She's like thirty-five. <laughs> um, do you know what? That's not a bad idea. I reckon anyway, the team would let you if you sent an email to the club and explained all the history to it. I reckon oh, pre-season they'd wow. let you do it. Oh, uh, possibly. I do know a few people at the club now. Um, right, okay. Yeah, that's not. If anyone can beat that idea, or think they got another equal suggestion, get in touch. But if not, I I like that. That's. That's um that's on the level of evil that will really resonate because I will take pictures and post it on her social media. Her whole family's gooners. The last one I made her update her profile picture for a month as of her in a Spurs shirt. How much and family the, hate did she get from that? Oh my god, the comments and every comment from her family like, "What are you doing? What are you wearing?" <laughs> and I and I made her when she posted a picture. I wrote the status, which is, "I finally seen the light." Um, my friend's been telling me for years there's only one team in North London and they are Lily White and her fa- oh seriously her family were getting vicious she had like a phone call from her auntie who's a Gooner season ticket holder like what the f- are you doing and she had to explain it's a forfeit <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah any ideas get in touch get in touch via the Facebook uh, start the message with Sam it's a forfeit idea for you uh, and then everyone will make sure I see it but mate um if you're happy, let's um let's head over to our Instagram page. Yes. Because Instagram, the lovely Laura, um, works on that. And she has posted about anyone have any comments and we have a couple. So let's start the first one with uh Spurs Empire says Do we have the winning mentality yet? What do you think, mate? Oh, this is horrible. It's one of those what is a winning mentality? I mean, we've got a World Cup winner as club captain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we should have that winning mentality. We've got a team of players that got through to the World Cup semi-finals and finals. Yep. Okay, they fell at the last hurdle, but they still got that far. <laughs> yep. And with a World Cup winner, the World Cup golden boot, there should be, that should be there. We've not... It's not like we lose 50% of our games every season or anything like that. They should be able to win a match. But we do seem to struggle and we do seem to fall at the last hurdle mm. every time. I don't understand why. And it's so I, frustrating. I, I do think um, it is a... Like I said earlier on, talking about the Bournemouth thing, I do think we do have to look at it and say there is definitely a mentality issue now. There is definitely a block. And it could be, it's just become a self-fulfilling prophecy, which is the media have been saying it for the last two years. Oh, you know, Tottenham, they bottle it, they bottle it, they bottle it. The players are now going, oh, you know, we got to win this because otherwise they'll be all over us again. And that in itself, like, feeds a neurosis, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, so, freshening it, changing a few of the players, having guys come in, not necessarily guys that are coming from clubs that win all the time, but just players that come in are like, Come on, enthusiastic, you know? Like, come on. Yeah, you know, I I'm would now... love a few more players like Lucas Moura to come in. He yeah. came from a winning team. Yeah. But he was on the outskirts, but he was still part of that winning team. He's still got yeah. some medals and stuff from that team. Yeah. Can we now find a few more players from clubs like that that are kind of on the outskirts? They play some games, they've won some stuff, they've got that mentality, and then bring them over to us. Well, I, I think the 
you know, who to sign, I think, is a larger question. Um, but I think we can both agree that to get the mentality we want, we do need to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one I've got here is from uh, Albie Offer, who says, what areas improvement in terms of players? Who needs to go thoughts ahead of Ajax? I mean, we've just been chatting about Ajax. And we just kind of touched on the players thing. Uh, just briefly then, because he's asked the question, if you were to pick one player who you think has to go this summer, who's that and why? Oh, that's evil. Yeah, I mean, I, I can pick one. I've, I've got two in my mind for completely different reasons. Okay, go on. Number one would be Kieran Trippier. Okay. Um, because I just can't defend the bloke anymore. I mean, he can't defend for us, so, and I can't defend him. He had an incredible World Cup, and I thought, that's it. Like Last season, he was good. He yep. had a brilliant yeah, World solid. Cup, yep. Yep. and I thought, that's it. He's finally going to be this replacement for Walker. He's a different style of player, but he's going to be solid, consistent. It's what we need. Yep. And then, at multiple times this season, just looks like he's completely lost and has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think he's one of the players who has suffered this year. Like, um, whether whether he can get that back after a break and a preseason, I I don't know. That's... I hope he can, but like against the Man City games in the Champions League, first leg he was perfection on that right back. He was giving yeah. the players space because he knew they could run past him. He was using his brain. Right, I'll give him an extra couple of yards so I know that I've got them. Second game, seconds. Yeah, he had no within... idea what was going on in the second leg. Uh, I mean, his his positioning has always been, in my opinion, poor. I, I, I watch him sometimes. He just seems to like drift into central defence. Yeah. And in that game, Raheem Sterling just stood by the touchline like, with his arms up like the whole time, like, give me the ball. <laughs> I've got all this space constantly. So, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying with that. So if we we're going to pick him, yeah, that's one I'd probably pick. If you were to pick a player to bring in... Okay, the other player I would sell is Ericsson. Okay. Purely Why? because of he's not signed the new contract. Yeah, we're going to lose him for free next season if he doesn't. And at the moment, they're quoting over a hundred million pound for him. Yeah, that's the only other reason. If he's not going to sign the contract by the start of preseason, get the hundred and whatever million for him and reinvest that in the squad. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So if you're going to bring in one player, who would you like to bring in? Realistic player? Don't say Messi. I okay. I'm going to apologise first, but Van der Beek, the guy that actually scored that first leg goal against us. Okay, well, this is just perfect because the very next comment is from Ella Birch, uh, sorry, Ellie Birch, who says, signings that you would like to happen, example, Van der Beek. I think he's a, pretty, he's a young, very young player, but the whole the AX team is very young. Yeah. Um, I would have said bring in Frankie de Jong, but obviously he's already signed the contract to go to Barca. Yeah, we were we were very close to bringing him in uh, a summer ago. Yeah, and the player himself has even spoken about how close he was, but he felt he wanted another season, you know, playing where he was. He was our first choice Dembele replacement, and he would have been um, brilliant for us. I mean, the other one is their defender, the captain, Delete. I I'd give anything for us to sign him. I would um, love to. He he said he's going to leave this summer. We all know he's going to leave this summer. Oh, can it, you imagine? It's who can sign him. It's who can afford him. Um, because it will become a monetary race. Uh, Man United are interested. Um, from what I read, Liverpool, um, Arsenal, Chelsea, us, Barcelona, Real Madrid. He literally will have his choice of where he goes. I reckon Ajax, Madrid. 
Uh, not sure. Purely not money. Sure. Purely money, and they can sell the idea of look, the old guard have gone. Zidane is now going to be making his own yeah. new team. Come be one of the starting for points. Well, yeah. I mean, he's still what twenty. Yeah, he's only twenty years, years old. old. Twenty. He's got ten plus years um, and central defender. For him to be as composed as he is now. You imagine when he's 25, 26, when he's in his absolute peak, the kid's going to be phenomenal. He has the so, world at his feet. He can choose whatever club yeah. he wants to go to. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next one is, should Spurs appeal for Sonny's red card? Uh, no. They it's, won't. It'd be and a massive waste over. of time. I think that's because the Sun reported we were yesterday and Pop quickly dismissed that. No, we're not. That's, that's stupid. Um, the next one is from, uh, looks like Lily Summerside. Uh Thoughts on selling Dembele? That's come up a lot recently. What do you think about us making that decision to sell Dembele? I love Dembele, and it was one of the first sales that has made me sad in a while. But yeah. it was the right decision. He chose to go. He he knew he was no longer at the standard that we needed for every week. Well, I I think the the main thing is I think people were have got it in their minds that if he'd been still with the club. He could have made a difference in this back end of the season. Um, the thing is with Dembele, we honestly don't know how many games he would have been able to play um, in the Premier League, etc. He said himself he was really struggling. He didn't play a game in the last two years without serious painkillers. Yeah, that's not good for him. You know, that's really not good for him. And he wanted to go to a league that isn't as physically demanding, earns serious money, different culture. He could have just waited until the summer, run his contract down and left, signed with a massive signing fee and left the club, you know, and we probably all would have been okay with it, whatever, but we wouldn't have got anything for him. He didn't do that. He allowed the club to collect a fee for him, of best part of 10 million quid, and that is banked, that is ready for this summer. Yep. Um... I still think it was the right decision. I know many don't. I, I genuinely think it was the right decision for all, all involved. Um, our Facebook page. The first comment is from Matt Hope. Matt says, have you got the season over text yet? Or has he got it prepped for Wednesday to result dependent? I believe it's in the draft from young Daniel. Um, we've had a few conversations and today as well. I, I'm... I'm ready for it, to be honest with you. I am, yeah, I'm ready for it. Uh, The next one's Alan Bat says, with the stadium aggravation out of the way and now all ready to go, plus the record revenues, profits, um, and yeah, and looks like even bigger ones coming in. Will the moths in Daniel's wallet finally see the light of day? Um, Alan, I think it has to. Um, There is no way we can possibly try and do this again because we, I think you just got to look at the team and the way they're performing right now. They are and, drained. Yeah. Yeah. There is just absolutely no way anybody can look at that and go, what a good idea it would be not to invest again because it, it has to happen. I think the last season, you know, Pochettino said, we have to do this. We have to be brave. The stadium delays and the problems that came up, I think our manager was, okay, I'll have to take that on the chin. We're not going to be able to do it. I'll do the best job I can. And that's what's happened this season. Yeah. But again, he is saying the same things now, which is, you want to win things like I want to win things. 
we need to invest. Yep. If if this summer the club fail to do that, um, we've got big problems. Genuinely. So I, he's not. For all of his faults, he's not an idiot. I can't believe that he would look at this and go, "Yeah, everyone's going to be happy if we just battle for the top four forever." I don't no, believe that. We you should know, be so, aiming higher now. Yeah, we have to. Um, David Hunt says, "Wow, you're brave asking for comments following the Bournemouth game." Yeah, true. We are. <laughs> uh, you notice I left it a while. <laughs> I didn't post straight away. Matthew Fleming says, "Is our poor form at the end of the season down to the lack of the squad depth, poor mentality, or exhaustion from a long season following the World Cup?" Um, All what, of the above. You, quite possibly. Um, uh, lack of squad depth. Yeah, la- lack of lack of quality. I think is probably a fair thing because there's a few players there that aren't getting used. And for me, for example, um, you know, young Skip could have easily started against Bournemouth or the, or the week before Brighton. Um, but Potts has got a core group of players that he trusts, he relies on, and he hasn't got what he deems as game-changing quality on the bench. So he's not making these changes. Um, a poor yeah. mentality, you know, we've just discussed. But yeah, I, I think massive exhaustion. Yeah? Do, yeah. You, do you agree? Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree. I think... Maybe we could have used players like Skippy a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Jansen obviously got re-put back in the squad in January. I know he did then pick up an injury, which was very unfortunate. Yeah. But could we have used him a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I personally... I mean, I know I'm a huge fan of Jansen. Yeah. Because he's young. You know, you don't go... Okay, it was the Dutch league. But Ajax are in the Dutch league, and look how they're playing, okay? And mm-hmm. he was the top goal scorer in that league, and we signed him. Yep. We signed him and put him in. Harry Kane got injured. That's fine. We've got this young Dutch player who's just been top scorer. Here, he's going to score all our goals. And I think the pressure crippled him. Possibly, yeah. Um, but I think he's got the ability and the talent and definitely got like the passion to do it. And I would have liked yeah. to have seen him start games, like the Bournemouth game and stuff like that. When we needed fresh players like Sonny, for example, we could have had him on the bench. Start yeah. Jansen, have him ready for the Ajax game. Yeah. Things no, like that. We could have maybe rotated slightly more. But. Yeah, it's just kind of like hindsight's a wonderful thing. But yeah, Oh, definitely. No, I get you. Uh, Simon Whiteman says, for the Everton game, would it be prudent of Pock to give a rare opportunity to some of our talented youngsters? You mentioned Skip. You mentioned Parrot. Unfortunately, Parrot's picked up an injury, so that won't happen. Uh, Ioma, uh, etc., as an incentive. Now, typically in the final game of the season, the manager likes to do that. Um, If he fields a really weak team and we lose (laughs) 8-0 and finish fifth, will he be shot? Probably. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a bit of mixing match. It's going to greatly depend on our result tonight. Yeah. We we win and go through to the final, then there are going to be a few players who are literally going to be taken off that pitch, put in, you know, cotton wool, bubble wrap, cryo-chambered until, you know, a few days before the final. Uh, would you believe it? Sissoko's one of them. <laughs> we 
we need that guy. Which is Can mental, we believe this has happened? After no. last season, this season we're going protect Sissoko. Yeah, it's, seriously, it's got to be one of the signs of the apocalypse, hasn't it? Sissoko's now someone we all think is one of our best players. We all thought times. we'd want Sissoko protected so that he didn't lose his transfer value this close to the summer. <laughs> and actually, we need him. Yeah, we do. Um, it's mad. Um, but yeah, Simon's making the point of like an incentive for next season. No, I agree with you, Simon. Yeah, it kind of showed the young lads that, look, you know, you are going to get opportunities here. I think seeing Skip be involved so much is quite good. There's one thing that uh, Pochettino does, which I, I don't fully get, I don't fully agree with. When he brings a player into the first team squad, he doesn't release them to play, typically, anyway to play for the under-18s or the under-23s anymore. So, for a player like, uh, for example, Walker-Peters, he literally just doesn't get games unless all of a sudden he's thrown in. And people are like, oh, wow, he looks rusty. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone 12 <laughs> games without any yeah. match time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 12 weeks without any game. And I know under-23 game reserve football is not going to be the same, but it, at least it is competitive football, you know, a competitive match, not just training. It's minutes so, in the legs, isn't it? That's the main thing. Yeah. It's the running up and down a pitch and being with the ball at your feet. Yeah, so uh, strange thing that he does there. I don't get it, but, you know, he's he's doing great with us, so it's difficult to question him. Um, the next one's Alpesh K. Patel says, just one major question that bugs me nearly every season since we were that famous race versus the Foxes for the title. When we run out of steam with eight to ten games to go, um, or we just seem to implode with injuries, bad performances, and now disciplines happening. What and how is Mopo instilling this? Even with the ban. Oh, hang on. Let me read that again. Mopo. Yeah. I like no. I, I, I like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I. I kind of see what you're going with that. I mean, it's quite a long post. So I won't read the whole thing. But yeah. I mean. It is something that's been brought up a few times, which is everybody knows that Mauricio Pochettino likes the team to be fitter than everybody else. So the training and everything like that is intense. And the argument is, is that causing us, towards the end of the season, to run out of steam? Do we need to back off two-thirds through the season and drop the training slightly, protect the players? it's, It's an interesting one, because... It, it could work swings in roundabouts because, you know, Manchester City are a very, very fit side. Pep Guardiola has them fit. Yeah. Um, I think I saw an interview with Carl Walker where he talked about coming from Tottenham, it wasn't a big thing for him because the Tottenham regime under Pot was that little bit more. Whereas a lot of the Man City players, when they first arrived, were like, wow, this is, you know, intense. Yeah. And I remember a lot of people, when they first came to Spurs under Pot, were like, whoa, this is... You know, this is a big deal. But I think the manager kind of... It's almost like a a test. You know, if you can't handle this, you you can't handle, you know, doing it week in, week out. Yep. Or on a cold, wet night in Stoke, so to speak. Um, I, I also believe that if you're able to rotate more, so if you rely on your options more, then we won't have this burnout. So... Pot likes to have a small squad, close-knit squad, and he likes to supplement that with... Academy, not mercenaries. So, for example, we won't be signing an Adebayor ever again, as long as he's our manager. I don't see that as a bad thing. Yeah, I can't fault that at all. I'll take now, that. Yeah, now, what what I was talking about earlier, though, which I think plays into this, is the options that we have in the squad. Injury, there are some players there that have just been injury-prone for the last few years, or their whole careers with us. Lamella, Wanyama. Yeah. 
I think those players do need to be replaced because if we had the options in those positions, then we wouldn't have this severe fatigue, which then kicks in. And I think if you look back over the seasons he's been with us, in the first season, it wasn't his squad, really. He was kind of just completely mended in making do. The following season, the, the core of the team were youth. You know, like Ryan Mason, Bentaleb, uh, Kane, etc. Those guys were like just like running, running, running non-stop. Uh, but they were young. They all came through. And then, then we kicked on from there. And I, I just think that perhaps what he needs to look at now is when we're recruiting, we are looking at profiles of players that aren't that are going to be available, and then we can rotate. Yeah, Ericsson, you know, if he stays, we need someone to push him. We need someone who can come in and cover for him. He can rotate out. Um, you know, when we're playing in the League Cup at home to Grimsby or somebody, no disrespect to Grimsby, we, we need... Ericsson shouldn't have to start that game, <laughs> you know? So we need to have options, and I think yeah. that's what we need to look at. And I think that'll solve the, the sort of end-of-season problem. Next one, Marty Oss says, how much better was Sunday night's viewing of Arsenal fan TV post-Brighton than the line, <laughs> than the line of duty? For- now, I'm one of the few people who have never watched an episode of Line of Duty. I've not seen this programme. I've heard a lot yeah. about it. I've never seen it, though. Yeah, me neither. So, um, Arsenal fan TV can be very, very entertaining. Marty. Oh, it no- was brilliant after the game. Oh, it was so good. You know, I, I genuinely haven't seen it. Oh, it, um, it's so I, good. Like, if you want to I, see what implosion looks like, oh, that is it. It's beautiful. I saw, um, I saw someone put together... Have you seen this on the internet at the moment? Uh, Jonathan Frakes, who was Commander Riker in Star Trek The Next Generation, he hosts like one of these conspiracy shows, and someone's done a compilation of every time he went, total fabrication, it's a lie, that wasn't true, and stuff like that. Yeah. And someone's mixed it with Arsenal Fan TV every time they went, North London's red, and then it cuts to him going, which is false. Yes, no, I have seen that, yeah. yes. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant, loved it. But no, um, you need the to next one it. is says, um, Steve Pickering says, why are fans trying to rip off other fans through the exchange? Now, I had to do a bit of research on this because I wasn't entirely sure what Steve meant. Ah, uh, the now, ticket exchange. Yeah, but I've looked at that and I don't think they're being ripped off at all via the exchange. I have seen some fans selling tickets, just like on tickets, and they are ripping each other off. Someone wanted 1,800 quid per ticket for the game tonight. That's nothing. That is nothing. I had a Google. Um, I have finished work today. At, yeah. I mean, I finished, technically I finished at two o'clock, but I was yeah. free from around 12 o'clock. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if I can get actually get out there. So I started looking up ticket prices. Yeah. And there were ticket prices going for four and a half thousand euros nah, for ridiculous. one ticket. Nah, balls. And I'm like, um, I hope you don't sell it. I, I mean, it sounds bad nah. and I'd hate to see seats that are empty in the away nah. stand, but I hope you don't sell it for four and a half grand. No, nah, I hope someone mugs you. <laughs> no, no, I, I mean, don't. It's That's awful. awful. Um, a comment here from Absar Seek says, squad overhaul should stay and who should be shipped out? Um, we, we've kind of touched on that already. Um, I don't think this is the show to, for us to go into detail on that. Um, Daniel Beecroft, one of our admins, is, says, we are crawling over the finish line now. What do you make of our chances of two big performances left in the locker, semi-final and possible final? We're going to win it. Um, Simple. We're going to win. Well... Well, Stefan is, as I said earlier, very optimistic. 
Um, I I genuinely believe if we perform, we can win tonight. I I genuinely believe we can outplay Ajax at their ground. I think we have the ability to yep. win the game. We have the ability to score goals. The problem that I'm feeling, or the reason why I'm not going into the game very confident, is our form and the clear fatigue. Because not only are we not playing well and we're losing games, we're not scoring goals. No. You know, we've lost a few on the banks all 1 0. Uh, West Ham, Ajax, uh, you know, the, the game we won, we won 1 0. Uh, you know, it is. I, I'm just struggling to think the last time we put a team down. I mean, we, we scored three at Man City. We lost the game. Yeah. We went through. But we, says, but we were scoring. Yeah. Yeah, but we scored three goals. Now, that again was a European night, so possibly tonight that could be it. Um, See, you're seeing my thing here. It's the European yeah. nights. They build the team up. We're going to win. I'd love to think we'd win tonight. I I just think making the final, making the semi-final in itself is an achievement for us this season. Yep. I, I win, lose, or draw tonight. I'm going to be very, very proud of what we've done this season. Given everything we've been up against, I will be very, very proud. Um, if we make the final and we have to play Liverpool, I'll go into some sort of... Oh, no, not Liverpool. Yeah, I'd I mean, much rather play Barcelona. I must admit, <laughs> um, I would rather play Barcelona and lose the final to them if uh, we were going to lose it than I would. Because, I mean, I put on my own personal social medias last night, congratulations, Liverpool, you've done the yeah. impossible. But how about you enjoy it tonight and not for the next 10 years? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> It would be it would be awful. But then on the flip side, if we did make the final and we did beat them, I would be such an asshole. <laughs> it would be unbelievable. So, um, I mean, my theory is whoever wins and goes through tonight is how who I support in the final. <laughs> yes, yes, without a doubt. Yeah. Not even, no not matter, even a little bit. Yeah. No, no matter what happened last night's match, I was always yeah. of the mentality of whoever wins this one is who I'm supporting. To be honest with you, I'm the same. Uh, I, I act as a club I really like. I've talked about it before. Mm. Um, uh, next one uh, is for the last one, even is Joshua Fenstermaker. That's a great surname. Uh, he says window predictions. I'm predicting mine are staying closed because it's raining. That was nearly a joke, but fell flat on his ass. I honestly, uh, I was like, wait, did. Are you saying that, or was that from the comment? <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that was that was all me. When you uh, edit you the tell. podcast, just leave a little bit more of a pause in there, and then it. No, no, no. Shut off. I'm going to put applause and laughter, <laughs> canned laughter, in. No, I um, I think it has to be overhaul. Assuming that we don't see this eight goal swing, I keep saying it because it's just like in my nightmares. Assuming that nightmare scenario doesn't happen, we've got Champions League football next season. It has to be an overhaul, and it has to be done quickly. This is something that Daniel Levy likes to hang on. He likes to hang on, but it can't, because we have to move players, and we have to sign players. And Poch is going to want a full pre-season. Poch is very, like, he says this a lot, he needs a pre-season with all his players. You sign one or two people, they can kind of come into the squad and you've got the squad around you. If you are talking overhaul, where you're like five or six new faces with five or six going out at least, yep. then you need them in early. And the 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 thing is, a lot of people have talked about it. It's like, oh, that won't ever happen. Pot talks about it all the time. You know, he doesn't ever like to do that. His first season with us, that summer, he was ruthless he he got rid of nine i think 10 first team players 
um, you know, all gone, whether they were loaned or sold, like Lennon, uh, Kabul, so many, like, I can't, Chiriches, all these players gone. They were just off. Um, And he brought through from the academy and he signed people in. Now, not all the signings worked because, you know, our signing record's been atrocious, but... The odd ones pop up and do quite well for us. The odd odd ones do, as long as they don't begin with an... (laughs) Kudu <laughs> and Jai. Um, but yeah, my friend, I, I'm feeling positive about tonight. I do think we can get a result. Um, that will flip-flop between positivity and outright terror all the way up till kickoff, And then I'll just be a gibbering wreck. Uh, I'm doing the Facebook page updates for the goals and everything tonight, which is always hell for me. Um, Mostly because that means I have to read the comments of everybody if we can see the goal, and it is normally pretty atrocious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm kind of like I said, I'm optimistic but dreading it, and I'm dreading it, but I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, we're in we're in a Champions League semi final. I wouldn't have thought I could say that. And watching Spurs when I was at school, the late nineties, early two thousands. It was a pipe dream. So to be here now and to be here on merit is is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But we didn't come this far just to come this far. To dare is to do. We have to do it. And we're going to. That's what I like to hear. Um, mate, I want to say a massive thank you to you because you stepped in at the last minute That's so fine. Matt could have the day. Um, I want to say a big thank you to everybody for listening as always. Um, we're actually posting record numbers for people listening right now. So... A big welcome to you if you're new. Uh, Thank you for checking us out. I hope you've enjoyed it. We try and keep the show as simple as possible. Just a couple of fans chatting about stuff. And we try and have a laugh. Uh, This is episode 48. Uh, Episode 49 will be next week, obviously. And then episode 50 will be our season recap extravaganza. We're going to have... Surely episode 50 is going to be your Champions League final preview. Potentially. Surely. Potentially. It's going to be an extravaganza regardless. Um, But yeah, episode 49 next week. Look out for that. Uh, After episode 50, uh, we are done until the new season. Um, We will be taking a break so everyone can enjoy not having to listen to my dulcet tones every week. Uh, We will obviously keep everybody up to date on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Spurs News about when the show is coming back. Possibly we'll do a quick something when the fixtures are announced. And then we'll do a quick show, you know, just before the season starts to, you know, get out all of our, yeah, it's going to be amazing because we've signed these players or it's going to be a can't believe we're kicking off and we've not signed anybody again. I really hope it's not that. I I want to know if Matt's going to do his challenge again like last season. No, no, he's not. Because he, yeah, he got very nervous about that because, I mean, we kind of let him off (laughs) on a technicality. But yeah, I was pretty evil. I was going to make him have all sorts tattooed on him. But no, that's good lad, Matt. Um, But yeah, uh, big thank you, mate. Thanks for stepping in. I hope you enjoyed it. Big thank you to everybody for listening. And we will be back at Spurs News Podcast next week. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! 
And remember, to dare is to do.